Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much for joining Watermark's podcast series, Women of the C-Suite, where we have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished female executives anywhere about their journeys and the paths they took to get to the top. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and I join you with my co-host, the CEO of Watermark, Peggy Northrup. In this series, we draw out meaningful insights and candid perspectives that will help you to make your mark. Hello, everyone. I'm Peggy Northrup, the CEO of Watermark. My co-host, Nicole Ward-Parr, had the chance to interview Paramita Bhattacharya recently, and I'm excited to tell you a little bit about her. Paramita is a marketing executive with more than 20 years of experience in growing SaaS, digital, and e-commerce businesses in the fields of entertainment, education, financial services, publishing, and technology. She's currently the chief marketing officer at Blurb, an e-commerce company, where she manages P&L and oversees marketing communications and customer service operations worldwide. Previously, she held global leadership roles at Adobe, Nokia, and Hitachi. Paramita is an industry speaker, a Forbes contributor, a startup advisor, and a mentor. She's also a limited partner at an early stage venture fund and a member of many, many women's groups in the Bay Area. Thank you for being here, Paramita. And Nicole, take it away. Paramita, thank you so much for joining us today. What an incredible background. It's a joy to have you. It's good to be here, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's kick it off and 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 let's let's start macro if we could. And I would love to to hear from you and our listeners would love to understand what has been your path, right? Some folks they know what they want to do and they're like missiles getting right to it, right? And and others, you know, challenges and pivots and twists and turns come up along the way. So we always love to start here to give you the opportunity to sort of sharing what your path has been like. So my path, Nicole, um, has certainly not been a straight path. I'll start with that. I, um, you know, from an education and college studies perspective, was really interested and still am in political and social and behavioral sciences. Um, And that meant, you know, that I really loved the idea of understanding, you know, people's behaviors and psychographics and, you know, engagement patterns and, you know, what people like, what's popular culture, what's music, you know, what does, what moves people, movies and books and sort of that whole gamut. And it naturally led me to, I would say, communications And this whole concept of, you know, various forms of communication, you know, everything from storytelling. And I really focused a lot around sort of the creative components of it, which is everything from, you know, the idea of scripting the story or the elements of what makes for a good communication, whether it's press or whether it's a a movie or whether it's a video, you know, what are the different kinds of platforms? So my education has been really around communication arts and it's natural that from there you know you would sort of evolve into what I now consider at heart a marketer right 
again, the idea of understanding human interaction, human behavior, why someone purchases something, why do people gravitate towards a particular brand? What is the idea of, you know, a, a, a brand that you see as a childhood, you know, bring memories to you? So all of that sort of really, really interests me. And interestingly, you know, when I, um, when digital appeared on the horizon, I I don't think I crafted that very deliberately, but I ended up becoming an early adopter. And so what ended up happening to my career is really pulling these elements of creative leadership that I had been developing with the digital prowess and what just led to modern marketing. And today that has ended up making me a business leader. And so I've gone from, you know, what I would have probably not at that point of time forecasted from somebody who was very much focused on a part of a journey of, you know, um, human interaction, purchase, marketing, communications to really focused on how does a business run and, you know, how do we actually in the context of marketing build a business and, you know, what does that do for a set of consumers and customers and things like that. So it's not been, you know, I started like this, I knew I wanted to do this and then I, you know, landed at this one particular place. So it's, it's, it's definitely been, you know, a journey that's sort of had its own organic flow and then some inorganic, which I, you know, obviously introduced to my own journey. Amazing. I love that. And I love the creative aspect of that, right? It sounds like that when you refer to it as the communication arts, um, that really resonates uh, because I think you're right with brand, with sales, it's about storytelling, right? So I really appreciate that part of what you shared. And so, but speaking about, um, about being a leader and leading in challenging times, Last couple of years have been crazy. Uh, I would love to know what you've, what, what are some of your takeaways, both professionally um, as a leader during these very difficult times, and what were some of your takeaways as a human during these, these, these crazy times? Thanks, Nicole. I think that's probably going to be one of the most important questions you and I will be asking of ourselves and others leaders um, and others alike for a while to come uh, because we know it's certainly not over. I would say this is one place where the personal and professional came together. And I'll tell you the the biggest um, sort of learning is that well-being and self-care is important. Well-being of my employees, my partners, my suppliers, you know, my um, uh, my customers, and just around that ecosystem was incredibly important during this challenging time. And you know, where a pandemic has hit the entire globe. Um, and I certainly, you know, work in a global role, which means it's just not the United States. It's different parts of the world and different parts of the world sort of, you know, meeting that challenge in different ways um, and having to deal with it in different ways and different circumstances. So well-being became really critical to me of all of this, you know, in terms of ensuring that even before you could stabilize the business, it's important that, you know, the people who actually make this happen from all different angles are really um, taking care of themselves. And that's important as we go forward. 
I think the flip side of that also was, you know, is a learning, which is self-care. You know, as a leader, I think I understood it became really important for me to care about how much time, you know, I am spending on my own self-care so that I can sustain others. I can lead the teams. I can lead the company in, in through this challenging time. I can come up with, you know, solutions, you know, in partnership with my other peers and other leaders. And so I put a lot of stock in this learning of self-care, which I hope to really take forward because it's not possible otherwise as a leader for you to do what you need to do for your people. I think the other learning to me is, and you know, you and I can um, both vouch that change is inevitable. We knew this, you know, we've all known this in some form or shape, especially uh, as you come up to a leadership level. What's become really clear is how do you handle and navigate that change? And how do you really sort of come up with, um, you know, opportunities within that change? And I think in many ways, you know, I look at both my company, I look at the people around me, I look at, you know, you and I look at others. And I think people have done a wonderful job in sort of you know, coming up with innovation, coming up with new ideas on how to navigate this. So I think while change is inevitable is something that we've been seeing in the tech world for a few years now, right? We've all been sort of moving with this change. This pandemic and the learning coming out of it is, you know, how how important it is to have an innovative mindset, Mm. Um, and how important it is to come up with perhaps solutions that you in other circumstances, you know, may not have thought about. And how do you keep that going as a learning? Uh, Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the disruption um, that this has caused for those who choose to embrace it and really wrap their arms around it and surrender to it and then see it as an opportunity for new ideas, like you say, innovation, uh, trying different approaches. I think those those companies, those, those individuals, frankly, will come out of it um, arguably better um, or, or, you know, you know, it or positively, uh, if you will. So I, I love that. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, that could be a tremendous positive. Yeah. Tremendous and positive. I, I look at that. I look at that, Nicole, as business agility, you know, the agile mindset and innovation, like all of that women together. Mm-hmm. But I also look at it as, you know, when you said both personally and professionally, I, you know, have been obviously a leader and I'm sure um, listeners and others that are all on the leadership track or even otherwise, we lead such busy lives, right? We don't stop often to take account of what's going on. And we all know that during the pandemic, at the very least, families got together, you know, families broke bread, families, you know, did the cooking, families got... uh, For me, you know, I have a child that is headed to college next year. And I know, Nicole, in all other circumstances, my travel schedules and my work, uh, you know, schedules and her schedules and all of that would have remained. And the time we would have gotten would have been, you know, somewhere in between. 
the pandemic really allowed me to spend time. And I know I look upon that time later on, like years from now, and be grateful that I got that. And, you know, that is really a learning that it took a pandemic to get us to that place. But I'm hoping that we, you know, on a personal level that I don't lose it or we just as, you know, society don't lose focus on that. Absolutely. Agreed. Oh, a thousand percent. So when speaking of change, right, um, and, and pivots and, and, you know, and adjustments, um, speaking specifically about your career and pivots that you've made, um, because you said at the outset that you didn't have a straight path, you know, what 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 were some of those and and or one or two um, and, and specifically, you know, that were powerful for you that made a difference that maybe to your point you just made, you didn't see at the time were critical to your evolution, but later in hindsight, we're able to go, wow, that poop made really good fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Nicole. I'm going to use that somewhere. <laughs> um I, I, I'll certainly talk about sort of one of my larger pivots from a career perspective, because I think it's important. Um, and I realized it. this was probably one of the pivots that was so much a self-aware uh, or coming out of self-awareness that I did realize it as I was going through it. You know what I and then, of course, on hindsight, I completely sort of look at it and say, thank God I did it. Um, so let me tell you about sort of my career journey very quickly. Of course, I've gone through that. You know, I um, started in larger advertising agencies, you know, like I said, as a very much a creative leader, focused a lot on consumer brands and creative, uh, went on to adopt digital very quickly, worked in some smaller organizations that were doing some leading edge work in Silicon Valley, um, got some, you know, breakthrough sort of industry awards, and then you know, caught the attention um, of someone at Adobe where I spent a significant um, part of my career. And I really grew in that company, you know, excellent company, you know, was also doing a lot of pivots from a business perspective, learned a lot. But as I was sort of in 2014, I was probably around, I want to say um, somewhere or having spent nine years in that company, I had come to very much a realization that I wanted more. I wanted a larger charter and it had seemingly looked like I would want to do that outside. Um, but no, you know, up until then, I sort of had just grown within the organization and just grown with the company I had never sort of done any planning. So I would say I, you know, took for the first time in my career, took the time to really sit down and do a little bit of career plotting and mapping. And I think that was the start of a pivot, to be honest, because when I looked at it and I realized, oh, my God, I have a ton of strengths in this area, a lot of gaps in here. And based on where I want to land, how do I how do I now rationalize this? Right. How does this happen? And circumstantially, I had a young child at that point of time. I did not have a big network. I also did not have a mentor. So I took it upon myself to be honestly looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I need to change. I need, I need to pivot to a place where I get what I want, but it is not going to be a one 
you know, it's not going to be one trick pony. It's not going to be a one-time thing that I will do and this will happen. I did realize that as I sort of went through my contemplation. And so I did four things, I would say, Nicole, that I really talk a lot about, you know, um, uh, elsewhere when I'm describing my journey. I took the time to plot, put some milestones as to where I needed to be, took an assessment of my uh, strengths and weaknesses. I then started to look for a role that would help me fill the gaps. You know, I also wanted to get some additional extra learning. So I got into Stanford GSB for some programs, you know, that would just help me with the formal learning of that part and the leadership part and the track as well. But inorganically, I started to really sort of bring the topics, you know, make it my self-initiation to sort of get into those topics. And then I ended up taking a job that was actually a pay cut. But I knew taking a step back here would make me go, you know, leapfrog eventually. And it was a fantastic role. It was a transformative role in the sense that I got to do a lot. I got to bring all of my experience that I had up until then. You know, I had a bigger charter, so I got to do more, fill up some of the gaps. And then from there on, you know, the career track did, the wheel started to move. You know, and I continued to fill on those gaps, started to do bigger roles. But at the same time, this is where I think for once I've played it right. I also ended up doing two things. One is really focus on building my personal brand. And what that meant is really looking at myself and say, who am I? What am I? What can I give back to a community of people that are around me? What can I learn from people? And how can I have my authentic voice, you know, sort of find its way? And I started to blog. I started to write. I started to really, you know, have opinions. I started to do speaking. Um, I started to get on panels. And um, I realized I had a lot to share. I had learned a lot. I had a lot of experiences behind me. And then the fourth thing I did was, I really built a network. You know, the whole thing that you and I always hear, build your own board of directors. I started to build a network and I am so lucky and grateful to have a network of women and men as well, but largely a network of women who in this past few years have been around me. And I continue to build that and I continue to meet some amazing people like yourself. Um, and I think, you know, those pivots are here to stay. The career part, the ex acquiring expertise part is a constant, right? You have to be a constant learner. I always say I'm a constant learner. I'm always learning. I'm going to go into another company and I'm going to have to learn something new. Uh, but, you know, your personal brand, who you are, your network of people, and your ability to really look at your career and make deliberate movements is something that should be yours and you have control over. I, I'm so impressed and I love everything you shared, especially because how brave of you to do it as if I heard you right with a small child. I mean, that is extraordinary. And so many women in our audience listening to this that want to want a path, that want to know, how do I do it? 
and they may, may have small children, et cetera, right? So I think it takes courage to do what you did. And what I'm the, the, the pieces I want to pull on a little bit, because I think it's so helpful to the audience, is that career mapping. You sat down and you're like, okay, what's the plan? Where do I want to go? And then you look at where the gaps are and you think, okay, you know, do the self-assessment, right? Do the self-audit where you go, okay, here are my strengths. You know, the self-SWOT analysis, right? Here are my strengths. Here's my areas of opportunity. Um, and then how do I fill those gaps? Is it some classes, some learning, which you said it was? Um, you know, is it, you know, it's it's looking at how do you build a network and, and a personal board that sort of supports you, maybe holds you accountable uh, in new and different ways, always be learning. Um, and then I think, you know, what I really loved what you said is that personal brand of authenticity uh, that, you know, I refer to it as, you know, a self stack. You know, each one of us has a stack. Um, if you think nootropics, you think how you stack nootropics. If you think about our stack, my stack is completely unique to me, my background, education, path, and that is such a snowflake and such a gift to offer people. And I think when we dive in and we look inward for that authenticity to really speak to how do I want to build me? Who am I? Where, what is my value, right? Where do I want to play? Um, it's such a great guidepost to have. So I, I love all that you shared. I think that's amazing. What an amazing, uh, what an amazing Thank journey. You. I, Thank I you. love it. Is there something you wish that you could tell your early self or something earlier in your career, maybe you wish you knew uh, that might've shortened the journey, maybe shortened some of what we just talked about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that career mapping, Nicole, that you, you know, um, highlighted, do that early on. I think a lot of us just, you know, go from one to another because, you know, you get promoted or, you know, you get called to do this. Somebody offers you a job. Do your career mapping as early as you think you want to or you think you know. And even if you don't know, how does that matter? Do it. Because at least putting something down in paper will help. And I think I was super late in doing it, but you know, I did it eventually. Get yourself a mentor. I cannot stress that. I think the value of a mentor is just beyond words. And it doesn't have to be a single mentor. I get asked this question a lot. No, it doesn't. You know, you certainly can have a mentor at, in a certain time of your career and a path that you're on. And then you will find that you've moved or grown into another path and you need someone else. But, you know, these are long life relationships that you keep and you sort of add to it. It's additive versus, you know, replacement and taking it out. But I will also say another thing, which I have come to believe is super important. Yes, get yourself a mentor, but get yourself a sponsor within the company, within the organization. Mm. I did not do that soon enough because I didn't understand that. So even when I did get myself a mentor, I was not quite clear about the value of a sponsor. And I say that because in any company, especially big companies, a lot of women who are working in, you know, sort of our big, you know, consumer tech or whatever, bigger companies that you are working in, you need to navigate you, and you need someone's advocacy. Sure. And that is critical. It's not just important for you to have a seat at the table. I say this all the time now. It's important that someone hears you and does something about it. Yeah. You know, so not only a seat at the table, not only just getting heard, but someone doing something about it and you sort of, you know, taking that together and making something happen. 
So I would say those are the things. I mean, yes. you know, the sooner you great do it, the tactical, better. <laughs> great tactical advice. That's great. Very specific guidance that people can use and, and, and put to work. I love it. So a sidebar question is, you know, when you think about where you are today, you clearly have done so much with more to do, of course, but what are you most proud of? What resonates with you is something that you're, that you're, uh, that you feel proud of to share? You know, I, like I said, I'm a marketer at heart. So I love the core of my work, the core of my function, the core of my discipline, and the whole idea of what marketing does for a company, whether it's, you know, digital marketing or brand or, you know, press analyst, name it. And just the, you know, I'm really proud of sort of the output and the high quality standards that I have been able to drive in every company that I've been around. But I will tell you, when I really look at what I'm proud of, I'm super proud of the relationships, you know, super proud of the relationships that I take away from colleagues and peers and bosses and leaders that I have come across. I have been so fortunate to really work in a lot of countries in Europe. Like I've always had global roles. And in fact, I've spent a lot of time in different cities and teams and I'm I'm so proud of what that has given me back, right? It has shaped me into the kind of leader I am. It has let me be more multidimensional. So I am proud of that multidimensional aspect of it. Um, And I think, you know, to me, the awards, um, the accolades, um, the actual work is always the core substance of it. But the journey and how you get to it is what you are left with in your memory, right? At the end of the day, people talk about you. I feel really proud when someone will reach out to me and say, so-and-so spoke really highly of you and I want to have a quick chat and could you tell me? It's like, that's what people remember. You know, of course they remember your output and your work and your capabilities and your strengths and your leadership. But at the end of the day, at the human level, that's what. And so I really encourage and I want to encourage listeners and women and, you know, uh, people don't lose that authenticity of who you are and how you drive um, things and how you come across and how you interact and, you know, make that your presence. You know, people talk about executive presence. Your executive presence will come on its own if you are, you know, sort of on this path and you know that your path is your own and you're car- carving it and you're putting in places that are, you know, strong for you. Excellent advice. I love it. Tell me a little bit about what you've learned the hard way. What, what was a fail or something that didn't go well um, that you really flipped and learned and ended up, ended up really learning from? If you, will. you know, it is that conversation that you and I have, you know, have been touching upon, which is navigating, you know, my career, the hard lessons of how important it is to not just be excellent at your work, but to build those relationships and manage both up and down and lateral and inside the organization and outside the organization. You know, for a long time, I thought your work carries you. Mm -hmm. And it does. You have to be, 
good at what you do. You have to have those capabilities and strengths, um, but that will not be enough. And that was a hard lesson, Nicole, mm-hmm. um, you know, to know that that is not what will just carry you, that you have to do, you know, things with your personal brand. You have to put yourself out there and understand, you know, what the dynamics of the room and the leadership is. Um, you have to build those relationships and you have to take as much time in what you're doing, the work, you know, at, in sort of building the relationship, you know, going to lunch, you know, with someone in your organization to build a relationship is as important as, you know, doing the project planning. And that's Uh something that's a really a hard lesson, especially as a woman, um, you know, rising in the corporate world, uh, which I'm sure you, you know. I would say the other hard lesson is a little different, but I would say sort of associated. I sort of found myself in a nomad land you know, I am a leader and a woman with brown skin. And I get typecast as coming from this model, you know, minority that does very well with, you know, science and math and engineering and STEM. And so to, you know, I've had to both defend and confront biases. Um, and and I think, you know, like I said, I face almost all challenges and obstacles that a woman of color faces. But in many places, I actually don't fall very technically as a woman of color because of some of the, you know, sort of nuances of the community I come from or the ethnicity that I come from. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know, now looking back, I find that interesting. I find that that's another layer that women have to navigate in terms of, you know, who are you? What is, you know, where do you fall in that spectrum? Um, And I will tell you this, when I see women making advances, it's fantastic. It's at the highest level. You know, the board represents more women in the boards, more women in the C-suite. But then I also do look at the next level, the next level of information that's telling us what kind of women that are making it in there. Who is left behind and who is not making it in because of other reasons? Um, So anyway, so, you know, that those are some of the lessons, you know, that uh, have been hard. So valuable. And and it seems like, you know, I mean, I can sense your passion on the topic. And then, of course, you know, within your bio and your background, you are involved in many organizations um, that support um, other women, women on boards, women investing. And um, can you speak a little bit about that and how mm-hmm. that's you know been transformative for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I am a founding LP of How Women Invest, and it is a fund that is essentially focused on women founders. Um, you know, the fund is has some um, applications and rules, which most important is it the company has to be led by a woman founder and the C-suite has to be of women. Uh, and then, you know, we there is a lot of work and due diligence on the deal flow to make sure we are able to reach to the people and founders that really need it, you know, that probably are not able to access the VC community or the funding community in normal ways. Um, and but you know we also want to be business smart. So the one thing that I do want to talk about 
from an investing perspective as listeners are thinking about, it is definitely um, a, a place where I feel passionate in terms of both my own growth and how I impact you know, um, the ecosystem to grow. Uh, but you can, everybody can get engaged in different ways. You don't necessarily have to invest with money. You know, people's expertise, women expertise is very much wanted. So if you are someone who is a founder and you've been having, um, uh, you know, um, difficulty, we will, you know, How Women Invest runs lots of series of uh, programs and sessions that will teach you how to, you know, ask for funding, that will teach you how to pitch, that will teach you, you know, and at the same level, we'll also teach women how to invest smartly. You know, it's important. Women wealth is actually pretty big in today. It's just that that wealth is not finding its actual applications or the applications, you know, I I fully believe that if we all do this right, or we all continue to build the momentum, the wealth from women will increase women's wealth generationally. You know, this is not just one time, one place. This is a generational movement that we will see then happen. Um, and then I'm also part of another organization called First Board, which is a curated group of women that are really both helping each other as well as anyone else that's looking for a board seat, but really championing, you know, for more representation on the boards, because we all have seen the data. The more diverse boards you have, you know, the bottom line actually is better. We also know mission-inspired companies employees tend to have a better retention. So a lot of things to me is coming together. I'm super excited. You know, I'm very optimistic of the movement. In general, I'm optimistic of everyone's role in it. You know, whether it is through policy and legislation or just, you know, people champion. And and I know a lot of allies that are now coming into this. You know, they may not necessarily be women themselves, but they are, you know, providing allyship. And we need that. We need allyship from across the board, you know, in order that this happens. So, yeah. I agree. You know, I, I, I think I love all of your points there. I, I acknowledge just how tremendous your involvement is and what a, what a benefit that is. I think that's outstanding. Um, I, I love your passion on that. And I also agree with you very much that women, we, we have to talk about money. Um, we don't talk about money. We have to talk about money. What are we doing with our money? Where are we investing in our money? What, and and, and pre, lose you know, the mystery around it. Men talk about money all the time, all the time. what up each other. It's like not a thing. But for some reason with women, we hold it close to the vest. And we've got to break that open and disrupt that and share with one another, right? So I- Rightly I said. Yeah, all that you're doing, it's so, so inspiring. And so what's your next mountain to climb, right? Either personally <laughs> or professionally, what's next for you? You know, I, so let me say this, Nicole. I, I think I have a few more years of runway in, you know, continuing to build. I feel like I'm in a build mode. I want to build momentum with investing. I want to mentor, advise. I want to be with companies that are looking to build the next generation of whatever, you know, technology, people, you know, and in general for the betterment of society. And, you know, I'm a big believer of global 
sort of global cross-border sharing of commerce and technologies and people's skill sets. Um, and so, you know, I, I when I when I look at it, it, the world, you know, together is sort of my oyster, so to speak. Um, I do think that I have a second stretch of a career after that, where I would want to do something that is perhaps more directly impactful, I want to say for society or a community. Um, and I, you know, it hasn't taken shape um, as of now, um, but hopefully as I move through my operating leadership role, you know, move through board roles, move through just the journey of life and career that I get to a place where I know what that second stretch and then what, then I will know the mountain to climb within that. But I certainly think, you know, that today I do think that there is a second stretch coming. Um, and that second stretch, you know, is something that I will think about as I sort of inch closer to it. Um, and it will be something that will be more directly um, people impactful, not that, you know, the technologies that we work or the companies that we work are not. But I would say I anticipate that I would be probably be involved in something that's much more direct and immediate and, mm. um, you know, could be nonprofit or could be something else, you know, who knows. Right. We'll all be looking forward to seeing how that journey progresses. And I just two more questions for you here, but I, and this is sort of a formulated question, but I think you're so genuine and authentic. I'd love to hear your response. And that is, what is your superpower? What do you do with ease? Okay, so I will tell you, or other people will tell you, if you ask them what they think my superpower is, it is about, you know, really, I'm very action oriented. Mm-hmm. I am I, I am somebody who delivers results and I move fast. I help others move fast. I take along with me shared vision and consensus. And it is at all levels, you know, going from strategy to execution, within execution, going from planning to operationalizing, you know, within operationalizing how to do sort of agile streams, like just talk about the whole business world or even the personal world. I move, I'm a fast mover and very action oriented and, you know, results uh, driven. However, I will tell you, Nicole, in the last few years, I've come to realize I have an unrecognizable superpower. And it took me a while to understand what that is. And I hope I'm able to explain that as people are listening to it. I, you know, there is such value and in specialization in our society, in our world. The idea of being specialized in one thing is really of utmost value. I am, on the other hand, I have found someone who sort of juxtaposes things and brings dramatic results. Now that I look back, I'm seeing that uh, happen. So let me give you examples of it. I am a creative leader. I started at a creative point, but I'm someone who uses a lot of data and analytics. And I bring that together. And I found that it alters the landscape significantly and in different ways. I'm not one or the other. I... um, you know, I'm someone who is very passionate and driven, um, moves fast, as I said. However, I'm also incredibly pragmatic in that decision making. Um, and and so that's sort of a juxtapositioning of different things. And then finally, I would say, you know, even in my career, 
people ask me, are you a B2B marketer or a B2C? I actually have straddled companies across my career working with consumers, you know, marketing to consumers directly, marketing to enterprises, marketing to businesses. So I think that, that this is actually becoming my superpower. The idea or the notion or the expertise of bringing two diametrically, supposedly diametrically opposite things, you know, and, and bring results with that. But I almost don't have a name for it. Well, I, you know, maybe I'll toss this one out there, but sort of, would it be a polymath, if you will? It could be a polymath, a hybrid something. Systems? Yeah. Or yeah. What, would you, what did you say? I said maybe something to do with hybridness. I don't hybridness, know. Hybridness. I love that. Hybrid. But I like polymath. I actually polymath, like that. You're sort of a, you yeah. know, sort of seeing cross systems, bringing things together, like you say, juxtaposition. Um, I have to say, I have a penchant for that myself. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a creative at heart, uh, but work in a very structured, linear environment. And I think, to your point, sometimes bringing, marrying those together, marinating in those can yield really amazing, innovative things. So kudos to you. I love that answer. Um, <laughs> last question. What are you most grateful for? You know, I'm really grateful for the journey, Nicole. I'm grateful I was raised in India, so I grew up in one country. I have come to be in the States for the last 25 years. I got the opportunity to live in another country, and I got the opportunity to work in other third countries, you know, and just all of that journey and all of what those moments that made up that journey is something I'm truly grateful because that has so much broadened and made me who I am today, right? And I would say because we are talking in the aftermath of COVID, you know, the health and the well-being of family and extended family and friends and colleagues is something I really feel grateful for, even though I think all of us know of losses and have you know, uh, gone through losses and pain um, during this time, but I'm still grateful for, you know, all that is healthy around us and all that can move to the, you know, to the next level. Fantastic. I have to say, I'm grateful for you joining us today because this has just been delightful. Uh, such a great balance um, of sharing your journey and your path to getting there with some really actionable tactic, tactical things and uh, that people can take away and, and really learn from. So I'm um, grateful for you spending time with Watermark today. And uh, I, I look forward to being uh, considered a part of your, your amazing network of relationships. So uh, most appreciative there. Nicole, thank you. I am so honored to be on Watermark. I'm so excited and I look forward to all of that that you guys do. I'm grateful that you have built the ecosystem of a wonderful network of women and you are constantly working to give to this woman what they need to move to the next level. So very, very appreciative and thankful that you Watermark exists and you all do such excellent work. Ah, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening today. Along with my co-host, Nicole Ward-Parr, I invite you to check out all of our upcoming programs at wearewatermark.org. 
with leadership training and inspirational fireside chats with awesome coaches, entrepreneurs, and women business leaders every single week. We're dedicated to helping you become the leader you were meant to be. We hope you'll consider becoming a member, lend your expertise, or come to one of our in-person conferences. We'll learn, we'll connect, and we'll have fun, I promise. Hope to see you soon. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.